0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast.
1: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning and good night and welcome back to Grey Wolf Wrestling. Nims is all here. We are back and firing on all cylinders and for all you footy nuts out there, AFL is back. It was a very odd way to kick it all off on Thursday night, but we are back nonetheless. And Fitz and the Madman Gracie have all your footy needs covered in Grey Wolf footy. There's also plenty of flavours of Grey Wolf to get yourself around, so keep your eyes out on our page for more details. Now on this episode of Grey Wolf Wrestling, I'm very pumped to chat to one of the most decorated superstars in the WWE. Please welcome to the Grey Wolf Wrestling Podcast for the first time, Randy Orton. Randy... So good to have you on the show, man. How are you going?
0: Very well. Thank you.
1: As I said in your intro, you've had a highly decorated career, but this is something very out of the blue. What's it like for you going into a pay-per-view that's already been called the greatest wrestling match ever?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, usually if somebody calls a match one of the greatest or the greatest matches of all time, the match has already taken place. (laughs) So it, it makes it definitely puts the you know the expectations are very high uh for edge and i um and i wasn't exactly happy when i heard that they were going to be calling it you know um before it even went down the greatest wrestling match in history but i feel like at this point in my career and uh being in there with um edge of all people who i consider to be one of the absolute best workers in the business um, you know, past, present, or future. He's, 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 he's amazing in the ring, and with me, I feel like I have a natural ability, uh, a natural chemistry with him. We've only had a handful of uh, singles matches over the years, and of course, he hasn't really wrestled, uh, wrestling, a true wrestling match in, in a decade, just about. But I think if anybody could have a great match, it's Edge and I, um, So I I think it will be great. I think that uh, it really, really makes it hard on us as talent um, because of those expectations. But I think that uh, given the circumstances, given you know, I, I believe at this point after a few months of doing these matches, these shows at the PC, I think that the fans kind of they go into this understanding that. This is going to be very hard, so although the expectations are high, and although it's very unlikely we could have the greatest wrestling match ever, I think the fact that that pressure is there, no matter how the match goes down, I think that it makes it very, very interesting. As a fan, you know, I want to tune in to Backlash, and I want to watch this match between Edge and Orton, because... It's supposed to be the greatest match ever. So so I think that there's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. There's some negative sides. There's some positive sides. I'm going to try and focus on the positive. Go out there with a guy who's very talented and I have great chemistry with, and we're going to do our absolute best. So at the very least, you're going to get an edge and an Orton that are motivated to have the, the greatest match ever. And I think that's enough to get people to tune in there.
1: Both you and Edge have got illustrious careers and for fans like me we saw you both from your debuts back in the day. Time goes by so fast and it seems just like yesterday we saw the fresh-faced third-generation youngster debut on Smackdown in 2002. How much longer do you think you have in the tank?
0: Oh I've, I've accomplished a lot in 20 years. Um, I signed my contract with WWE and uh October of 1999, so I was just a kid, you know, and, and when I look back at the last 20 years, they've really gone by fast. But I have so many memories. I've had uh, career-wise, business-wise, I've had so many uh, amazing matches. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm humble, I think, to a point, uh, because I know a lot of the matches that were considered great that I've had. Well, because of the extremely talented opponent that I was on the other side of the, the ring with. Um, I'm one of the last few guys to get to get to work with uh, a lot of these old school cats that had that same mentality, um, like Shawn Michaels, like the Undertaker, as you mentioned before at Triple H with Flair, Mick Foley, Booker T. You know, the the list goes on. Um, as far as comparing careers, I know that I've had about 3,000 matches and um, I know that uh, although that's a lot of matches, someone like The Undertaker's had many more. Um, Edge hasn't been wrestling the last decade, so I might have him beat as, as far as total amount of matches. But when it all comes down to it, I think your your body of work, it's, it's not how many matches you have, it's the consistency and if there's one thing that I feel like uh, sets me aside, you know, minus a few injuries, a few, you know, suspensions <laughs> early on in my career. I've really been consistent. it uh, instant come to me and kind of put me in any situation. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do a good job. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and have the greatest match that night, no matter where we are in the world. Um, but that's everybody. So when it comes to comparing me to these other guys, like, I'll always look up to people like Edge and The Undertaker. And, um, you know, I I, I got a little more to do before I could actually compare myself to them. I'm still a fan. I've been watching The Last Ride documentary. I'm looking forward to, after Edge and I have the greatest match ever, um, I think chapter four of The Undertaker's documentary, The Last Ride comes out. So I'm looking forward to tearing it down with Edge and watching The Last Ride because I'm still a fan. We're all fans. All the boys and girls in the locker room are fans, first and foremost. Um, but I'd say I got a little more to do in my career. Uh, and, and and that includes taking younger guys out of my wing. Um, Earlier in my career, like, I didn't give a shit, you know, sink or swim. As far as anybody else, like, I only worried about myself. You know, it can be a selfish, competitive business. Um, but recently, in the last few years after working with Jinder Mahal and uh, trying to get other guys over, trying to teach other guys the little things that that I do well um, that have made me successful and helped my matches get set aside as being different. You know, spitting that knowledge back, it kind of comes full circle because when I was young, I had obviously Ric Flair, Triple H, but a handful of other guys that really enjoyed sharing their knowledge of the business inside and out of the ring with me because that's just what you do and and to be at that point now it's uh it's nice to be able to give back to a business that i grew up around and that has you know fed my family for 20 years um <clears throat> i uh i really enjoy what i do and and i'll tell you what everybody i work with uh, loves the business. And, and you couldn't have a better group of guys and girls as far as the respect in the locker room right now than, than the whole 20 years I've been there. The locker room's never been such a uh, well-balanced uh, place with the men and women that are, that are in it.
1: You have been making a few headlines back and forth with banter with Tommaso Ciampa off NXT. Recently, we've seen Charlotte Flair jump from Raw and mix it up with some of the superstars on the yellow and black brand. Any chance we might be able to say the Viper in NXT? Uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, whatever Vince gives me to do, whatever my job is on that particular situation, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And um, if it if it's working with uh, a Tommaso Ciampa, then I'd be all for it because I think he's very talented, and I think that there's a few things that I could help him with. Uh, mainly to um, help him get a little more out of uh, his career because I know he's been plagued with injuries, and um, but I also know that he loves and respects this business. Um, the NXT guys worry me because I see them doing such highly physical things during their matches. It's almost like uh, they do so many impressive things Physically impressive things, but those things are dangerous and they wear and tear in your career. I've been doing this 20 years and I'll do it another decade. I'm, I just turned 40 and my plan would be to keep going um, until my 50th birthday. You know what I mean? And, and I think that I would be able to do that and I would be able to, you know, support my family for 30 years of wrestling under Vince McMahon because of the way that I tell stories in the ring. The facial expressions, the little transitional things that you do on the fly or you ad-lib, so to speak, during a match. Those are the things that people remember. I I watched a match the other day, and I'm not going to name names, um, but a lot of the NXT guys work like this. And and it was just train wreck after train wreck after train wreck. and, And it was all very impressive. But when it's all said and done and the match is over, I couldn't remember anything that happened because it was just movement it was just like big car crashes and when you see so much of that back to back and you don't see how that affected the talent meaning they didn't sell that move or there wasn't enough of a delay between high spots that i was able to see facial expressions and see that oh this guy hurts, this guy's, you know, oh, he hurt his neck on this spot, and then he just tried to pick up the other guy, but he couldn't, because his neck, oh, I think he's really hurt, oh my god, like, you don't get to invest into these matches, because they're just boom, 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 one thing after another, and although it is highly physically impressive, and it's something that I don't think I wouldn't be able to do that style. You know, a lot of these things these guys do, I'm not capable of doing, but they're going to have very short careers. And what I worry about for Ciampa in in particular is that with all these big injuries he's had, and we've all had, had injuries, we all work hurt, we all wake up stiff after a good fight, but he needs to learn how to tell stories and slow it down and not think that the fans want to see him kill himself you know what i mean like you're only as good as the last match you ever had the la- your last match is as good as anyone's ever gonna like i could tear it down with edge and have the greatest wrestling match ever this sunday at backlash and then the next night on raw i could go out there and shit the bed and have a, a a real bad match, and nobody would remember the match backlash. You're only they you only remember the last one, and and the way these guys throw themselves around and take bumps, you know, out of the out of the ring to the floor, and you know, the human body wasn't designed to be able to withstand that type of abuse. And although the human body is capable of adapting to many different situations and you develop like a callus to where, you know, your body does get used to how you're um, treating it in the ring, there's, there's a shelf life on that. And if you only get three or four years of a career uh, with the WWE because you did a lot of careless, reckless, dangerous moves, you'd have to, I'd think that you would have to look back and, Kind of kick yourself in the ass and wish that you didn't you know there's a smarter way to do it uh smarter not harder you know what i mean you've heard that before there's a smarter way to do it and i think that a lot of these guys could extend the length of their careers if if they tried to worry about camera angles on facial expressions and playing the crowd and even if there's not a crowd knowing that the people at home in their living room watching you on tv that's the crowd. You got to play to them. You got to think, how would I be as a fan watching this on television? And, and you got to use every little thing at your disposal, uh, at your disposal, every little variable to try and make it to where that story the best story you could have told at that point in time. And I would love to go to guys because I feel like they make it up to the main roster. And they get paid. They they make some good money. And we all deserve good money. And uh, I just know that that pay increase would make it work their while. A lot of these guys have kids. They're married. You know, they have car payments and mortgages. And, you know, when it comes down to it, this is a business. We all love what we do, but you need to make money doing it. You can't destroy your body and not make any money doing it and then end up you know working at mcdonald's because you never went to college and you destroyed your neck uh in the ring like the, there has to be uh a purpose and and the main purpose is getting paid you love we love what we do but you need to get paid for what you do you know and to make it up to the main roster to do these big shows and travel the world the pay is better And that's my biggest concern for those guys in NXT. And and I, I would love to go down there and share a little knowledge with them.
1: So the world's in a very strange place at the moment. We're seeing a new way to present sports entertainment in the way of cinematic matches like the Boneyard match or this year's edition of Money in the Bank. You and Bray Wyatt almost got the ball rolling three years ago with the House of Horrors match in 2017. Do you think you'd like to be in another cinematic style match now that it's become a bit more accepted and normal? To the wwe universe
0: yeah i enjoyed um the house of horrors match i did it was different uh vince had a vision and i felt that bray and i did a really good job um capitalizing on his vision um the difference was is uh the crowd the live crowd was in an arena watching the house of horrors match on the screen so It's kind of a disconnect there when the fans aren't able to see the action live in the ring. I think the difference now during uh, all this COVID stuff is that um, the fans kind of understand that there aren't any fans in the arena. So I think that it's uh, generally accepted uh, a little more in a positive light with what's going on. And because of that, I could most certainly... going forward that uh, Vince and the WWE and all the higher-ups would do more things like this. I think it opens us up for, um, you know, creativity that hasn't really been done much of in the business, and hopefully we can be the first to uh, do some new things that, uh, you know, shoot a match like a movie. The cinematic matches, um, I think... Uh, are just starting now and i think we'll we'll do things like that going forward for sure in my opinion
1: backlash has also played host to one of the most barbaric matches in wwe history that you were a part of when you and mick foley went one-on-one in a hardcore match back in 2004 what were some of your memories of that night 16 years ago
0: yeah wow well i i do remember it because it's one of my favorite matches i've ever competed in um and man, what was that? 16 years ago. Yeah. That time flies when you're having fun. And, and I'm definitely having fun here in the WWE performing for these audiences, these fans. We have, we have the best fans in the world. And I remember those fans in Edmonton, uh, at backlash in 04 against Mick. And, and I remember being so nervous because of all the things we were going to try and do to each other out there. And if there's anything I can say about Mick, uh, other than being a super talented performer and one of a kind, he's a very giving uh, talent. And what I mean by that is he made me in that match. You know, not only did I beat him, but he put me to the test and put me through things that I had never been through and haven't gone through since that day. And I think that that match kind of solidified that, okay, this kid, this Randy Orton, this 23 year old kid, He's going to be something someday. The company sees something in him because they put him See something in him. And obviously, Triple H and Ric Flair took me under their wings. So they see something in me. And I think the way that translates to our viewers is that I got to keep my eye on this kid. And um, that's exactly what happened. And then, you know, the rest is history. I've had a a stellar career, a few ups and downs, but you know, I've been pretty consistent across the board, and and I think that that match is where I kind of started that process of becoming one of the best wrestlers in the
1: world. Randy, you have been incredibly generous with your time. Before I let you go, any final words of what we can expect this Monday at Backlash?
0: Well, I've said before, um, you know, the pressure is on. I don't think uh, there's really ever been... A couple guys like edge and myself that have been put in this position um you know there's been some great wrestling matches out there and uh but to call something the greatest before it ever goes down that's that's tough we've really been painted into a corner and um i think that vince did that so that he could see what we were capable of um edge hasn't wrestled in 10 years uh and and between the both of us i think we probably have 50 years of experience so I think even though he hasn't been in the ring, and uh, uh, even though he has had those injuries, I've had injuries too. And And I think that we're both kinda neck and neck as far as two guys that are the best of this generation. And I think that what's gonna happen at Backlash, why people need to tune in at Backlash, is to see what these two guys are capable of, and what are they gonna do when they have an astronomical amount of pressure put on their shoulders. How will they perform? Who's going to win this match? And then what happens afterwards? Um, It's going to be great. And we're going to do our very damn best to make it the greatest wrestling match ever.
1: A very big thank you to Randy Orton for joining us this week. And remember, you can check out all of the archives of Grey Wolf Wrestling episodes on our website and in iTunes. Just hit the old subscribe button and you'll be sure to check them all out. Uh, you won't miss a single one of our offerings. But stay safe. Give us a like on the socials too. Grey Wolf ENT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And keep your eyes on the wolf as we got some more great stuff coming in the pipeline.
0: This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net.